0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to another episode of the Buckeye Roast. My guy Q is sick, so we have a special stand-in guest host, our guy, Big Chris Drew from Menace to Sports. How's it going, my guy?
1: Good morning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Morning Drive is back back on the microphone for the morning. How does it feel? You got your coffee ready?
1: Bro, it feels good, bro. I was telling you, like, like we got on the call and Ron's like, like you know, still wiping the crust out of his eyes. And I'm like, <laughs> let's go. Let's we'll start the show. Let's go now. <laughs> uh, we have a great you know, show this ahead my of work us. For like, what, three years, four years? Morning drive. So, no, dude.
0: I love it. I, I'm not a morning person and Chris is Mr. Morning Drive. So, this is a, a change of pace for me and Chris is right in his element. I see everybody in the chat. Matt, Mitch, Posh. Alfonso, good morning, Daniel. Everybody, appreciate you guys pulling up. We got a big show ahead of us today. Chris, tell the people what we're
1: talking about. Oh, we got a whole list of things. First of all, Ohio State landed another wide receiver, and everyone is going to troll because that's kind of how it goes. We're going to talk about that. Got a couple Michigan topics I want to talk about as well. Um, (laughs) Got a funny, got a funny picture of Mr. Kevin Warren himself. We got the, we got the whole, we got the whole roundup, and then obviously, kind of what we both heard over the weekend, practice notes. And then uh, kind of digging into uh, this uh, emergency prep maybe not emergency press conference. This Impromptu- sudden move up of a press conference from Ryan Day—it's uh, that's not not something we see from him very often. So there's a lot of uh, rumor going around what what that could be about. But bro, good morning, good morning, good morning. You waking start- <laughs> up?
0: I, I, I'm here. I'm here. I'm actually excited because we're about to talk Half about, about my guy. Where your your love is. Uh, Morning radio. My love is Chicago drill music. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to this picture of our guy, former Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Ward, with <laughs> Lil Dirk the voice.
1: <laughs> Bro, this what? flick is wild. I saw this and I was like, I need to know what the fuck Ron thinks about this.
0: I don't know what, I don't know which part is funnier. Like, I, I love seeing Dirk with the Justin Fields jersey. Buckeye with one of my favorite rappers, but Kevin Ward with a little dirt jersey might be one of the most random pictures I've ever seen, and I absolutely did not have this on my 2023 bingo card.
1: Yeah, this picture fucks me up a little bit. Like, I wish I almost wish I could have seen it like just in half first, like to see to see a little Dirk with a Justin Fields jersey. But then when you make it the whole thing to see Kevin Warren with a little Dirk not- joint is crazy.
0: It's not even just them. It is like the doppelgangers that are like chilling in the background too. We got value time, Conor McGregor. We got <laughs> Mitch McConnell hanging out behind Kevin Warren. Like, what is going on in this room? Like, who invited your Little Dark Kevin Warren, Mitch McConnell, and Conor McGregor into this room before the Little Dark concert? <laughs> I,
1: I don't know. It doesn't look like a green room. It looks like a. It looks like a, almost like a hotel room
0: it's a stadium box from the united center is what i would guess it is so when chicago rappers perform in chicago it's usually a big deal because it doesn't happen that often so mm-hmm. despite aside from this picture little dark performing uh, at the united center was a big moment in the city just because big time rappers like that don't perform there so uh that was a huge moment this weekend um As a fan of Chicago music uh, for a long time, I've had the opportunity to see Chance the Rapper in front of 60,000 people in Chicago, which was uh, awesome. I've seen G Herbo perform in Chicago. So with all of the things that go on in that city and how much negativity there is when there's big moments like this for the city and you get to see the people that – that are artists from the city have a chance to perform in their hometown it's a super huge moment so i think that's one of the reasons why you see someone like kevin warren pull up for an event like this because it doesn't happen that often
1: but, but kevin warren's new out there like i think i would get it more like kevin warren had been out there for a little bit but he was just the commissioner of the big 10 Z. this, this he's, bears joint is new he's the voice though you had to pull up to see dirk <laughs> I promise you, if I ask Kevin Warren right now to lay, to name two Lil' Dirk songs, he could not. No, absolutely not. He's hanging out with Mitch McConnell. Of course he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what is Mitch McConnell doing back there?
0: I, bro, I think he's a big Dirkio fan.
1: <laughs> a big Dirkio fan is nasty. Ronald, Reddy, yeah. I want to jump ahead a little bit. Absolutely. Let's keep it rolling. Bro, Ohio State landed a commitment. Um, what was that? Yesterday, or the day before. Don't know. Everything feels like a blur. It feels like Ohio State only lands receivers if you ask Twitter. Um, <laughs> Jeremiah McClellan committed to the committed to the uh, to Brian Hartline and Ohio State. What making it the third wide receiver in this class? And immediately, the reaction on Twitter was, "Oh, here we go again. Ohio State lands another receiver. When are they going to land somebody else?" First, I just want your thoughts on. J mac the player and then we can talk about kind of the nonsense that comes whenever ohio state lands somebody on offense well i i was very high on mcclellan uh coming into this commitment i'm
0: kind of nervous now because you know we have a saying on the show too fast to play here and i thought J mac was one of those players too fast to play here and uh since he's committed now it's making me question his uh speed meter we might have to call the guy ronnie 2k and have him knock his speed down a couple notches now that he's on the buckeyes because he can't be that fast if he's playing for us but no all in all i really think we've been complaining on this show about not having a receiver that can crib a slant and take it 70 yards and uh that big playability from a wide receiver to just be faster than everyone else out there and i think uh j mac gives us that so i'm super excited um it's a slight move away from the traditional do-it-all route precision, six-one uh, frame has to be in this Brian Hartline mold. So to see a guy that uh, is just a speed de- I wouldn't even say just a speed demon, but has that element to his game is super exciting to see, and I think it will really add to an already loaded wide receiver class. And I think that really speaks to the player that he is, that he can join a class of two five stars and feel confident that, no, you know, this
1: is still the best place for my career. Some guys run like receivers. Other guys run like running backs. He's probably around the same speed as Mylon Graham, but he runs like a running back. You
0: see him running the Wildcat and stuff uh, yeah. in his highlight film. So Curtis it's Samuel like vibes. Very
1: Curtis Samuel vibes. I mean, kind of like the stocky nature of like the way he steps. It feels like Paris Campbell-esque. Like Paris Campbell doesn't run like a track star. It looks like on the field. It looks, he runs like a running back. Because um, like two different types of speed, like obviously like like Devin Smith and Parrish Campbell were both really, really fast, are both really, really fast. Devin Smith ran more like a wide receiver. Parrish Campbell ran more like a running back. This kid feels like he runs more like a running back. I'm excited for him. One of my big complaints this last year was there wasn't a lot of yak, but that's a kid that's going to get a lot of yak. And strength-wise, he has me intrigued. I remember we when we talked to Miles Lockhart on the space right after Miles committed, I asked about... Uh, well, we all asked about kind of what receiver he was looking forward to guarding, and maybe wasn't committed yet. And he said, "J Mac." He said the fact that like, like he runs strong, he has a stiff arm. I'm trying to run you over. Like I like that out of my wide receiver position. Um, and so I'm definitely, I'm definitely really excited about J Mac. And it, it is funny though because whenever you land a receiver, and 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 it makes it feel like we've landed 20 receivers in one class. Whenever Ohio State lands a receiver, they get trolled like it's a bad thing. It's
0: crazy. Like, we don't have a track record of getting great wide receivers. And, like, people don't take four in every class. It's not like we're out here signing six. It's just they only talk about our wide receivers because those are predominantly five stars. And, like, I saw someone say uh, something from Penn State about uh Ohio Are they going to land
1: anybody else other than receiving? Are receive? they going to land
0: anybody else? How about someone in the Big Ten land a fucking five star, okay? Don't worry about Ohio State recruiting and how many uh, wide receivers we have. No one in the Big Ten landed a single five-star last year except for Ohio State, a wide receiver. So when everybody's on the timeline talking about when are they going to land something else, how about y'all worry about landing some fucking five-stars, okay?
1: I think I can take the trolling from Michigan fans, whatever. They've been loud. They can have their moment. But the second other fan bases get involved, like, oh, Ohio's doing another receiver. Nigga, are you going to beat us?
0: That's what he I'm does. saying. Like, they have all the jokes about Julian Fleming, but Penn State still bleaches their butthole thinking for waiting for the call. Like, it's crazy. Waiting.
1: waiting. Like, like we got, like, like Miami comes kind of talking about, oh, Ohio State landed a receiver. That won't help him. Nigga, beat Middle Tennessee State. Beat Duke. That's like, my thing. Like, like Miami's o- flipping o- water. Oklahoma fans getting in on it like they didn't get blanked by Texas this year. Maybe if they had a receiver or two, they would have scored more than zero points. That's what I'm saying, dude.
0: Everybody has something to say about recruiting, but like forget that Ohio State's number two in recruiting. Like I, I was seeing people say in April, why don't you sign some linemen? We have four signs. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> sign some linemen. Like, what-, what would you like us to do to expand on our number two class? Like it- it's it's just ridiculous. I think everybody's just itching to troll. And these two losses to Michigan have really just made people so comfortable talking crazy to Ohio State fans, and I really hope that we're able to correct
1: that this year. It's like other fan bases, though, is the crazy thing. Absolutely. That have no business. clicking up with our ops. You have to. It's
0: literally because no one in the North likes Ohio State. The entire South hates
1: Ohio State. Why do they say Ohio against the world? (laughs) It couldn't be more true. I guess guess I'm just blown away because I've never seen any other school Get trolled for landing a position they're good at. Like, like no, nobody, like no, nobody says anything to Bama or Georgia when they land all these linebackers. No one says anything.
0: I've never seen it on a timeline once. Like, oh, Georgia has signs another linebacker. Or, oh, Georgia signs another lineman. No, it's always wow. Georgia just
1: keeps stacking. Right, but for Ohio State, it's different. it it, it is it is pretty frustrating. I'll let you kick off this next one because you <laughs> you wrote it, bro. Brian Hartline might have an issue with names. The evaluation process is name-oriented.
0: This guy, Brian Hartline, there's no way. He has to be awful with names because now this will become the third cycle with double names. We had double Caleb's, Caleb Brown and Caleb Burton. We had double Rodgers last year, Noah and Bryson, and we have double Jeremiah's in this class with McClellan and Smith. Is this on purpose? Brian Hartline just out here like, you know what? I got all these wide receivers. I gotta I gotta limit the number of names I'm yelling out here on the field. Rogers, get over there.
1: Man, if I was one of them, I would be I'll be pretty upset, right? Like they make they make one run punishment laps, he forgets the general name. Only thing that comes out is Rogers. Go take a lap. Caleb, run. I mean, we're down to we're down to one
0: uh no. Yeah, one Caleb. Caleb. No, both Calebs are gone. Caleb yeah, Burns and Caleb they, Brown, they, both gone. So Caleb's hit it. <laughs> <laughs> must not be a fan of that name so much but yeah we we had two caleb's no more Caleb's, so we're down to just two shared names it'll be interesting to see but i thought that was a funny note i had, t- I had that tweet typed up about a week ago and i didn't send it out but I, it was just something i wanted to note on like it, it's crazy to see three straight classes double names back to back to back classes is brian Hartland the only coach on staff processing people out that's an interesting question. I mean, you you see all five running backs still in the room. Yeah, I mean, Jack Miller is down in Florida. That's about it, but I feel like he kind of processed himself out on that one there, but like no, no it seems like it seems like Brian Hartline's the only one doing it. But do you think that uh that's a standard that we're going to get to in some of the other rooms? It's just the fact that we've had and it's something that we talk about in recruiting a lot with mm-hmm. Ohio State. People say that we're spoiled when we miss on these five stars and complain, but like that lack of depth is kind of why guys aren't getting processed out. Because, like, how are you processing out a corner last year when you have Jake Seibert repping at corner? Like, you have some – I mean, we're processing kickers out. Shout out to our guy, Parker Fleming. You know, that's – he's not afraid to do it. He signs five kickers. He ends the season with three. So, I mean, other than that, no, it doesn't seem like it's a room that we process people out. I mean, we're moving more people into the linebacker room. You still got Reed Carico there court williams is joining that room so it really does seem like wide receiver is the only one that is you know so competitive that guys are leaving because clearly either guys are either buying in to the system and the approach or see the right on the wall
1: yeah they're just not seeing it and not being pushed and then you like you said you can afford to process out you're right because it feels like other position rooms other groups Ohio State, instead of processing out, they'll let you try every position in the book. It's like, all right, so you're not good enough to play there. Let's see if you can play here because we're thin here. Or let's see if you can play corner because we're thin there. Or let's see if you can play safety because we're thin there instead of instead of telling guys to hit the road. When other schools, I'll be mean, the other lead schools that are able to sign 27, 28 per class, Georgia, Bama, et cetera, it's like if you can't play to one position, they might look at you and ask you to try to play corner and then hit the road. Yeah, but I mean, at Ohio State,
0: It's kind, I mean, it's not worked out to our standard, but it's really filled needs when it's appeared. Like, Steel Chambers, like I said, as critical as we are on this platform of Steel, I will take this to my grave that Steel Chambers was the best defender on that 2021 defense. Absolutely. It's without question. To the point that when he, he got, what, a targeting call and he was suspended that we were... Receiving the ball after winning the toss because Ryan Day wanted to maximize the number of possessions where Steel Chambers was on the field. The guy was a running back. At most schools, he gets processed out. He doesn't get the opportunity to be a linebacker. Despite how bad that defense was in 2021, he was by far the best defender on that team. And I just, out of the corner of my eye, I'm not even going to look at the name because I don't want to dislike this person, but I just saw. Deal over Tommy Eichenberg, and that is just unacceptable. We don't talk like that around here. It's Tommy Heismanberg. He's the best linebacker um. that we've ever seen. So I hate to see that in the chat. But no, guys like Steel Chambers, we see and then Kate Stower, again, another guy that we're Uber critical of on this platform. He's our starting tight end. And was our starting tight end last year. He filled a need that we didn't have. He I'll, came in I'll, here as a I'll push back on that one a little more. Who okay? So Cade's first year at tight end, who should have been playing over him?
1: Cade's first year at tight end was last year, right? Or the year before? Last year. Last year. No, it was the no, it was the year before. No, it was, it was 20 it was 2021.
0: Okay, 2021. And then yeah. last year in the or two years in the Rose Bowl, he's taking off his jersey, right, and coming back to play tight end at that point in that game. So I'm just saying, like, if last you process year, yeah. a guy, if you process a guy like Cade Stover out as a non playable linebacker at Ohio State, you don't have him as a tight end. And I, I mean, don't, especially, I
1: don't, I don't think there's any drop off if he's not the tight end last year.
0: You think if. Joe Royer has mono and misses the entire year. And G Scott and who would and
1: I think G Scott and Mitch Rossi do just fine. I, I disagree. I disagree.
0: As much as as critical as I am of Cade Stover, I feel like he provided a necessary role. Especially and again, uh another thing that we don't talk about, and this is something that uh Berm always brings up: is the leadership and the intangibles that Cade Stover brings. And on a team where we're constantly questioning toughness uh vocal leadership i just feel like we're discounting the value of if we would have processed
1: those two guys out steel no no steel is important to me steel means (laughs) something to me i know i walk around these Dublin streets like i don't have a care in the world steel means (laughs) something to me i like steel steel like you said was the best player on the 2021 defense i think steel has a place on this current defense um, but I don't think there was that that Cade Stover offered enough value at tight end wise for me to feel good about liking him more than G. I guess you know what's you know what's got my memory messed up, Ron. That fourth and two call and the one arm going out there. I think this is how this is how fucked up I am. That one play has ruined my perception of Kate Stover forever.
0: I mean, I agree. I mean, we've re- we re-watched the Michigan game and the Georgia game, and I feel like the times where I'm most animated screaming at the screen are catches that hit Kate Stover's hand and don't end up becoming touchdowns or first downs. And I feel like that's an element that Joe Royer will add to the sh- uh, Yeah, you mean Bryce Spice? Team year. You mean like the Bryce white Kyle's hit? <laughs> when we pop out uh, for the first interview or media availability and we're showing off our tight end with a red afro, I feel yeah. like
1: he's going to be a superstar in college football this year. <laughs> yeah, that's a spice. Uh Back to the receivers, Ron, real quick. Just a quick question for you and for the chat. What wide receiver class do you think is better, assuming this 2024 class is done? Do you like the group of Tate, Ennis, and the Ro- both Rodgers? Or do you like Mylon Graham, Jeremiah Smith, and now J-Mac? 2023, bro. <laughs> 2023 is disgusting. It's disgusting. I said
0: it is... It is, it'll be a criminal offense if the 2023 wide receiver class at Ohio State does not leave with a national title at some point. They are just too talented. When Bryson Rodgers is the fourth wide receiver in your class, you're doing something special. Like Noah mm-hmm. Rodgers, I feel like, and this is a word we don't use often, and I'm going to bring out the G word. I think Noah Rodgers is a generational talent, and there could be potentially two people ahead of him on the depth chart right now, in his own class. Look, generational
1: so, genes have triplets.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's a generational wide receiver class. Like the the talent from Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis, Noah Rogers, and Bryson Rogers. Despite the alien that I believe Jeremiah Smith is, a, a class that deep in the talent that they have. Like, I mean, I think the top three in that class are number ones. In the majority of wide receiver classes in any other year, yeah, bro. I mean, No. Rodgers might just be Michael Crabtree. I mean, you see these circus catches he's making as a freshman already, so I feel like
1: the the sky's the limit for him specifically. Yeah. Like just the ability to adjust to the ball and like just elite ball skills. A typical man. I I thought we we're gonna have a debate because I think Jeremiah Smith might be the most alien like of the entire group. But that 2023 group is disgusting, bro.
0: It's just like my fandom for Brandon Ennis, too. And I don't think they have a Brandon Ennis in that 24 class. Uh, The shifty slot guy, the ability to make someone miss. Like he is just an entertaining guy to watch. Not only is he just great on the field, but he's fun to watch. He makes guys miss; His releases are ridiculous. He's one of those guys that. People that don't know football, people that don't understand route concepts or releases or what it takes to play a wide receiver can watch him run around and be like, that's different. Yeah. Not everyone's doing that. So, like, when you're that level of different that an untrained eye can look at you and tell that, again, hate to use the G word, this guy might be generational. I mean, you have, you have NFL scouts drooling over his releases on Instagram videos, so I, I just can't wait to see what he's able to put on the field. Yeah, I think Bryson's the fastest.
1: I think that uh, that Ennis has the best releases and gets and creates the most separation. I think Noah Rogers has the best ball skills, and I think Carnell Tate has the best size, speed blend, and understands kind of like his body better than everybody else. So, again, I expect all of them to be freaks. So, and, and Carnell's a uh, cheat code in the red zone yeah let's just put that on wax like he's one of those mars type of just go throw it up he'll go get it and he's gonna go get it he's gonna keep going to get it but i'm I'm glad we agree on that but it is cheating because they they do have four i am curious to see if ohio state will land one more with the rumors of this miami class falling apart maybe chance robinson wants to come on over who knows i'm not an insider in the words of cam but i know things (laughs) <laughs> but i know that i don't know things but he does <laughs> you see the miamis already starting to lie they're talking about uh the bad signals out there's been the message board reports about air nolan good luck good
0: luck and here's my thing that i've been saying about air nolan to miami this whole time if someone takes our quarterback we're coming for yours so all of those ohio state haters out there Praying on our downfall, hoping we lose our quarterback. You better be calling your quarterback and tell them that you love them because we will be spending the block trying to come take your quarterback. So if everyone's praying for, you know, Miami to pull the unthinkable and take our quarterback, just know
1: we're coming for yours. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ron, camp notes, a couple quick things from yesterday. Um, I'm going to start off with Keanu Jackson and his big day. It feels like Every time we turn around, every time anybody gets a chance to lay eyes on practice, the guy that is absolutely wrecking everything and making it almost impossible for the offense to have any productive practice has been Kenyatta Jackson. It's year two. He looks the part. He's got that number 97 on, and he's black. So that 97, is that means something. And then the fact that it's on a black person just means a little bit more. (laughs) The black Bosa. The black Bosa. (laughs) I wasn't (laughs) Black boats are in the city. Be <laughs> back immediately.
0: <laughs> no, I you, think that's good. I we think been it's in gonna, lot, bro, bro, are we been to lie about Kenyatta? I don't I feel like I need to apologize before I start lying because someone said, we asked who was going to lead the team in sacks on Buckeye BS about a week ago. And someone in the chat said Kenyatta Jackson. And all of us laughed and said, I'm not willing to go there not ready to go there because well, we've I'm been on. Willing to, I'm, still, I'm still not wanting to go there. We've been on the sack Sawyer train for the entire off season. Jack Sawyer is going to lead this team in sacks. And you're hearing, hearing about Kenyatta Jackson, Kenyatta Jackson. I I think he's going to have a big year and it's going to put pressure on Jack. So I feel like that rotation and that level of talent is going to force these guys to bring their a game every time they're on the field because there's someone on their ass at all times and I feel like that goes across the entire defensive line that we are so deep that you better be going 100% out there at all times or there's a hungry young pup behind you ready to come take
1: your spot. I got a question for you and for the chat. Third and long, you want your best pass rushers out there. Who are on the who are your two defensive ends? Jack and Kenyatta and kick JTT inside.
0: Woo!
1: I'm just saying I'm not I'm not a
0: Hall of Fame defensive line coach, but I mean I got some ideas if Larry
1: want to give me a call. And then who and then and then who's that third one in there? Or who's the last defensive lineman? Mike Hall. What are we talking about?
0: <laughs> Remember, I just <laughs>
1: little, little baby Donald. You know, we used to hear about the NASCAR package, and that kind of went away last year. I'd like to see it come back. The Rushman package, not the NASCAR package. Yeah, the Rushman package. The, the NASCAR package is the is the uh, Alabama rendition of it. But okay. I think the two best pure pass rushers on the team are probably Jack Sawyer and Kenyatta Jackson. Um, I think I, I like JT. I think he's probably the best "quote unquote" player on the defensive line. But he's not like a sack expert. Like, he's not a pass rush expert. If that makes sense.
0: So our guy, Big Cap Radio, was in the space. Uh, we had a celebration space celebrating 1K subscribers on the YouTube. Shout out to everyone in the chat and all our subscribers. Thank you so much for the support. Yeah, but he was betting Buckeye fans, or should I say donating money to Buckeye fans, uh, that we will not have two players on our defensive line with at least five sacks next year. Would you take that bet?
1: Oh, absolutely. He said we wouldn't have two?
0: Wouldn't have two since we didn't have a single one over four and a half last year. And he believes that there's no way that we produce at least two five
1: sack defensive linemen. My co-host, Zach Smith, you know, the guy, I don't know if you guys heard of him, but he always talks about a marriage. He said a lot of times last year, JT and Jack Sawyer were able to generate pressure a good amount. But the issue is niggas was running butt ass naked free down the sidelines. And so there was no there was no reason to hold that ball any longer. Um, so I think because the corners gonna are going to be a lot better, I think our secondary is going to be a top two secondary in the Big Ten behind only Penn State. I'll put that on wax. Um, I think absolutely there'll be two over five sacks. And additionally, there would have been two over five sacks last year if Mike Hall's shoulder didn't remove itself from his body because he was on a ridiculous pace. What was it? The, the, the one game he had like 10 snaps and recorded three tackles for loss. Like they're, they're getting the five sacks. CJ Hicks might have five sacks by himself.
0: A little revisionist history. Did our secondary and interior pass rush cost Zach Harrison money at Ohio state?
1: Probably. Cause he's been killing it with the Falcons. Hasn't he? Every time I cut on Twitter, I see him throwing somebody on the ground. But also, I don't feel bad for Zach Harrison because he was stiffer than that board from Ed and Nettie. And so I was frustrated on it. But
0: when they said he was going crazy at, uh, in Atlanta, I said they must have got him a yoga instructor day one and taught him how to bend. Like, <laughs> because mm-hmm. he had absolutely no bend at Ohio State. But one of the things that you always heard about Zach Harrison is a half second away, a half second away. Are we going to finally have that half second for our defensive line to get home this year? You got Kodak Black in the studio? I hope so. <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. I hope so. What you mean? I need something. I need something from Denzel Burke. Shit means something to me. Bro, you got to chill on Denzel Burke because I feel like I'm going to, like, go outside to get my mail, and he's going to be sitting out there,
1: like, think he's going to put some respect on my name. Ron, Ron, <laughs> I'm going to say this as disrespectfully as possible. If someone from Arizona presses you, Nothing I would have said could have helped you. I
0: don't know about that, man. You're talking crazy. I think they're 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 close to the border. I bet you there's some hitters down there. <laughs> you heard that from Chris Drew first. Arizona does not have gangsters. Ron has not been wait, to Arizona, wait, wait, no, no, no. so I'm not ready to test Arizona's gangster. Let us this know what y'all Quentin. know about Arizona.
1: This is, this is City Boy Quentin. Find me on Twitter um, and Minor <laughs> League Films. And I'll say it with my chest. I don't believe um, Denzel Burke could press me. And lucky for Denzel, I am moving out west so we could pull up on you whenever.
0: <laughs> Shout out to our boy Q out here. Uh, sick missing the show. Out in these streets kissing too many thotties. Can't make it to the show today because he's sick.
1: No, I'm right here. What are you talking about? I'm here. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm here and on it. Bro, all right. <laughs> Taiwan Malone. Black Stripe, Black Stripe. Kids a freak. Kids a freak athlete focused on primarily football. Now, what do we think? Could he end up having a bigger role than we initially thought? Because at first he was like a depth piece with 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 upside, but now it feels like he's putting it together maybe a little bit quicker.
0: What's that saying? Oh, I wasn't familiar with his game. <laughs> I wasn't familiar with his game because I talked to Ole Miss fans and they tell me he's a baseball guy. He doesn't take football serious. He doesn't want to put on the weight now you hear he's running with the ones, he's getting his black stripe removed. I think now that he is fully committed to football and developing his body for football instead of hitting dingers, I think that he could be a NFL caliber defensive lineman. So to see us add what initially we thought was a depth piece, come in and be a potential starter, especially with the recent injury to Tyreek Williams. I think that's huge, especially because we have a lot of young guys on the interior. You hear great things about Hero Canoe and Jason Moore, and how what freaks they are. So to know say, that say, we- they
1: Jason Moore looks like a monster, bro. He's probably a little a year away, but he looks absolutely f- insane out there. So
0: uh, funny story about Jason Moore. Last year, my my buddy's a Penn State fan, and he always used to laugh at me when I was like, "Oh yeah, Jason Moore, Edge. We're signing an Edge, Jason Moore." And he'd be like, so you guys still haven't signed an edge yet? Because that guy's not an edge. He's going to play defensive line. He was like, I think one of the reasons why we're doing so bad in this recruitment is we won't even lie to him and pretend like he's going to play defensive end. And everyone else is like, oh, yeah, you're definitely an edge. Come on, you're an edge. You're you're an edge guy. And we see what it is. He's a defensive tackle.
1: <laughs> is history repeating itself with Edric Houston?
0: <laughs> I think so. <laughs> they tell me he's an edge, and I'm like, you say so. <laughs> That's the yeah, Larry sure. special. That's the Larry special. You could definitely rush the passer
1: mm-hmm. from the interior. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bro. I, bro, I love. I loved. I love Jason Moore, and, and he's a, the fact that he was a Hooper too, and what same high school as uh, as some of the greats like Markel Fultz and uh, <laughs> and Chase Young.
0: Bro, if I'm a Washington football fan, I have to hate Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the team that they're about to have this year, and if you add, you know, Jason Moore, JTT, and Emeka Ibuka to that, I mean, are we talking about a playoff team? I mean, you could be talking about a playoff team already.
1: probably, but forget them. And Lincoln, <laughs> and Lincoln Kindholds too. Definitely a playoff team. West Dakota Heisman. Yeah. Any? He, well, because he, you know, he's committed to Washington at first, and then he dissed oh, them on yeah. the way out. Yeah. So that's why it's gonna be cool when he puts up seven touchdowns on them when they play them because they're coming to the Big Ten. Like that's another big part of it. Like that one. That, that everybody's
0: one. gonna be getting their get back when the Big Ten expands. Dante Moore playing Michigan. Uh Lincoln mm-hmm. Keenholds playing Washington. It's gonna be fun.
1: Unless Dante Moore's playing for us. But um I I wouldn't test my um, I wouldn't
0: test my luck in that quarterback room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, Lincoln might talk. Talk crazy to him. All right, bro. Last year, one of the things that, uh, that we both talked about that we both felt was this this defense didn't have enough give a shitter, in, in, the, in the words of <laughs> And I'm substituting give a shitter with, uh, nigga, do we have three players on this team that own Black Air Forces on the defense? I think we do. Who, um, who owns Black Air Forces on Ohio State's roster, bro, on defense? Well, number one, the realest
0: defender that we have on the team, Tommy Eikenberg. He's the one that brings that toughness. I don't even think they knew what Black Air Forces were until in Columbus, until Tommy Eichenberg stepped on campus. I'm pretty sure if you go back and look at his recruiting visit he had on Black Air Forces just to know, just to let niggas know how he was coming when he got to Columbus. And Iggy, I'm pretty sure that's the only thing he packed when he came here from Ole Miss. So those are two absolute Black Air Force candidates and Kenyatta Jackson. The way he's been going off, I don't know if he brought his Black Air Forces to Columbus. I don't know. if Tommy took him shopping <laughs> to get some Black Air Forces, but I think we absolutely got three niggas on the team with
1: Black Air Forces in their closet. I mean, those are the right three. If you had to guess, right? Like those, like, those A- are the right three. Absolutely. Like, I, like, I, like, I love, I love JTT. I'm not sure. Do we need to change our skull session attire,
0: like suits and black Air Forces? I think that would mean something to me. (laughs) I would definitely put
1: a grain on us winning the Natty. Just in case, like if we if we have three dudes wearing wearing black Air Forces on defense, it's over, right? Absolutely. What would
0: your reaction be if Ryan Day put away the infamous Air Maxes and rolled out week one with black Air Forces on? What type of message would that send to the nation? I would be the worst follow on Twitter. Mozzie Smith would be at home like, I wish
1: I went to Ohio State. (laughs) I would immediately be talking crazy to anybody in the site.
0: We'd definitely be an unfollowed candidate if Ryan Day switched to Black Air Forces, because I'd be telling generational lies like, Ryan Day put on Black Air Forces to
1: put Saban in the dirt this year. We'd be yeah, talking I might, crazy. I, I might take a flight to Athens just to smack Kirby Smart at, if I <laughs> didn't have Black Air Force. I mean, everything. Like, the laws don't apply to me. If if my if my head coach wears Black Air Forces, that would probably be bad for the team, though, Ron. Like, that's at least, like, four unsportsmanlike conducts in the first half. Ryan going be showing up to fucking recruiting
0: visits and stolen Kia's if he puts on the Black Air Forces. <laughs>
1: Kia boys.
0: <laughs> Ryan Dane's a Kia boy in his black Air Force now, bro. Fuck a helicopter, nigga. <laughs> I got this hot car to go see the kids in
1: Springfield. <laughs> oh my goodness, bro. That is ridiculous. Oh my bro, God. bro, would you rather have a corner with Black Air Force Energy or would you rather have a, a linebacker with Black Air Force Energy if you had a pick? Bro, up? I once
0: I want a linebacker with Black Air Force Energy because I want to see someone get hit and when they stand up, think about their life decision to play football. Like I want everyone reevaluating their decisions, like maybe the Big Ten wasn't for me. Like I should have just played D3 lacrosse, like I'm not really like that. Like I want to see helmets popping off. Bro, deep I want to see lacrosse, lacrosse is crazy. That's what I'm saying. It's a physical sport, but it's not Big Ten football physical. You know what I mean? And I think some of these guys need to have these reevaluations when they get hit with that Black Air Force energy. And like Cam said on the episode, we haven't heard pot pads popping in Columbus since the 99s and 2000s. Like, it's been a minute since we've had someone out there headhunting. And like you said on yesterday's episode of Buckeye BS, if Igbenosa, Sonny Styles, Malik Hartford are all out on the defense, that's going to be one of the most violent defenses I'd say that we've seen in what the last five, ten years.
1: Yeah, I mean it would be out of hand. I don't want I don't want niggas to just be battling with us on defense. I want niggas to be battling with themselves. Like I know if I go up for this ball that's a low high, I I might not I might not play for a week. Like, I want, a, I want it to be a mental battle for real. We have a super chat that we missed from our guy,
0: Dez. I just want to get on the street. McClellan gives oh. us Debo Samuel vibes. That what are your thoughts on that right there? Because I feel like we – I mean, I think you brought it up on the show with Zach recently talking about having that Curtis Samuel type of guy that we use more as a hybrid running back, slot guy, receiver. Do you think that McClellan – could add that element to our offense, our H back element, I guess you could say.
1: I absolutely do, um, and, and then it, it just it ends up becoming like, where do you want to play each of them? Right? Do you think
0: Do you think Ohio State will find a way to use them? Because we've had a couple quote unquote H back style guys, and they're not here. Lukey well, Cooper, Caleb Brown, uh, a lot of guys that we thought were in that H back type of mold, that hybrid running back receiver, Ryan Day really hasn't shown a desire to use that
1: player? Well, I think he's open to the creativity of it. And I think that Xavier Johnson late last year kind of opened his eyes. Like being able to do stuff, but like in a throw game out of the backfield, I think that kind of became something that he liked to scheme up just with X. I do think it'll take... It'll take a special after catch guy to get him fully there, if that makes sense. And I don't think we've had that Mm-hmm. To this point, I think I think McClellan is the most special, but I mean, Caleb Brown was was a, a high school running back and a damn good one at that. So yeah, we'll I mean we'll see I mean Evan Pryor should be the bigger, faster, stronger version of X, right? So we'll see if we use Evan Pryor. Absolutely, it'll be
0: interesting to see. I feel like they're they're gonna have no choice but to use because I feel like he might be the most explosive person on the offense as far as speed wise going into the season. Big shout out to our guy Des for the super chat this morning. We appreciate him pulling up. Sorry, I completely missed that. No, no, no,
1: you're good, no, brother. You're good. We're, we are kicking it. Uh, media availability. Ryan Day moved it up from Wednesday to today. Um, any concerns? It does feel like it's been a really quiet kind of. Off season for Ohio State so I did I do think it's fascinating that he did move up that uh that pressure
0: my only concern is for some funny business from Ryan Day I've been confident and loud that Kyle McCord is the starter he is. I was loud 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 yesterday I was loud 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 at the start He's of the show starter. and I've unwavered from this I was a little bit concerned yesterday because everybody was like you sure about that you sure about that so, with the press conference moving up, we've been scouring our contacts to figure out what is the reason behind the move of this conference. And I said loudly on yesterday's episode that Ryan Day would announce the starter, who I believe will be Cal McCord today during the press conference. But am I jumping the gun? It's early, it's four um, days
1: early. It's four, four days Rockets. early.
0: But it's not, it's not early for the Menace Clock. The Menace Clock was Mm-mm. August 15th was the date that, that Zach said on the show. And he said, if it's not August 15th, we got things to worry about. And his immediate availability was Wednesday. It's now moved up to Monday the 14th. We're on schedule with the Menace Clock. We, we are, have to worry if we don't know who the starter is by Tuesday. We,
1: so We are on schedule.
0: We are on schedule, according to your show.
1: <laughs> yeah, course, according to my show, we're on schedule. But after looking back at the other quarterbacks, um, it was after two uh, two scrimmages. Two scrimmages. They said that Austin Ward and Berm already explained why the meeting was moved up. Hm. I've not and seen
0: what, it. And what was their
1: explanation? Let us know in the chat. Yeah, usually, usually two scrimmages is the number. And also, two scrimmages... The first, the Justin Fields one was not a battle at all. Like, who was Justin Fields battling? Like, do you remember who Justin Fields was, quote-unquote, battling? Was it Matt Baldwin? No, Baldwin was already out of there. Chugging off. Yeah. (laughs) And that was not a battle. And that kind (laughs) of...
0: But did you say one of the things that uh, Ryan was hesitant about... um naming Justin the starter immediately was just to get his ass to calm down during practice
1: because this man
0: thought he could make every throw on the field and he was just throwing picks because he was like, fuck it. Cause I have this arm. I can do whatever I want and place the ball wherever I want to shout out to our guy Ramon with the super chat. We appreciate you pulling up today and thank you for the compliment on the show today.
1: Yeah, I guess, I guess the conference moved up because Quinn, you were just transferring back to Ohio state. That's what it is. (laughs) That's what the fuck's going on. But no, it has been a real quiet offseason. And I don't know about you, but I'm not used to it in terms of like quiet offseasons. Our offseason feels more quiet than I've remembered ever being going back to the beginning of the Urban Meyer era. And Michigan's offseason feels louder than I've ever seen it in the Jim Harbaugh era it's like completely flipped at this point.
0: And how do you feel like they're going to react to these expectations? Because that was something that I feel like was so dismissed by the Michigan fan base following that year. Like you guys have been the underdog. Everybody's glad to see you slay the dragon and finally overcome the Buckeyes. But now you have expectations, people telling you you're the greatest all off season, getting all kinds of crazy love on campus. Is that hunger Still there for them. And while Michigan's being crowned king of the north and three-time Big Ten champ before the season even started, you know what I mean? They're getting their shoebox ready to set their next Big Ten championship on their trophy case. Goofies. But (laughs) are they going to be able to handle these expectations? Especially because you know the chatter about Jim Harbaugh leaving has to be getting loud in that building. Our guy Yoder put out a video at the end of July, talking about how this is gearing up to be Harbaugh's last year, regardless of result in Michigan, you have the NCAA up his ass. You've seen him flirting with the NFL, twerking every offseason for any NFL job that will call. It seems like with the the drop off that Michigan's expected to have in 2024, that this is gearing up for
1: Harbaugh's last year. Yeah, and it's 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 been a loud one. He said they're gonna have 20 players drafted, Ron. Who? Harbaugh Michigan. said this team could have tw- will have 20 players drafted if he had to bet on it, and the then viewership. it's gonna break the record for players drafted. The
0: fucking uh, the viewership is gonna be high on day three in
1: Michigan. I'll tell you that. No, Ron. Only 18 of their starters are draft eligible. So for them, he said they'll have Wine 20- already. 20 picks and up, so he's predicting that every one of their draft eligible starters will get drafted, and then two backups will also get drafted. You assume that one of the backups is the running back? Don't know who the other backup is. It's been a loud offseason, and it's not even about the hunger at this point, I don't think. I think now for the first time, I don't know how you feel about this, now for the first time since I've been following the Big Ten closely, the biggest target on the back, is not Ohio State. It is Michigan. I, I even think last year. You don't believe that? I Bro, I, I never, think only Michigan thinks of Michigan like that. I, I guess, I, guess I, I, I think we've hit a, an interesting point because I, at least I feel like, and what I've been looking, is that Michigan earned the right to talk crazy to us. They earned the right to talk crazy to Ohio State. They have not earned the right to talk crazy to everybody else in the country, and that's what they've been doing. Like, sure, like, yeah, like, we we got it. Like, you guys, they beat us twice, a 1,000 days. Yada this, yada that, yada this. But over the last, like, two months, Ron, I've been seeing them beef with Oklahoma, USC, Texas, Georgia, Bama even, because they see. think because they beat us twice, they can talk crazy to everybody, and I think that has made this target on the back enormous. And I also think J.J. McCarthy – has the biggest target on his back of all the Big Ten quarterbacks.
0: So with all this crazy talk, I want to I have you take your Buckeye hat off and try on another hat. And I just want to get your perspective this offseason and how, if you were in this team's shoes, you would react to all this crazy talk from Michigan. If your quote-unquote little brother, you're Michigan State, and you guys had the tunnel incident last year, and they whooped your ass – but you beat them the year before, you whooped your ass in the tunnel. What are you saying to Michigan fans as they're all high and mighty during this offseason?
1: Go Blue Lexi's racist. (laughs) I wasn't ready for that.
0: You were so out of pocket for that. But, yeah, no, if I'm Michigan State, man, I'm talking crazy to them. I'm like, we beat your ass in the locker room. We beat y'all last year. Like. Y'all are out here making fucking burners. Like, I don't want to hear from y'all. So, like, maybe that'll move you
1: out of pocket, Ron. My bad. That's just, that's, that's, <laughs> that's just this is the first thing that came to mind.
0: Michigan State, yes, they had a bad year. Yes, Michigan has earned the right to talk shit to us. But if I'm Michigan State, like, y'all ain't
1: talking crazy to me. Like, we whooped y'all in
0: the tunnel. We whooped y'all during one of your best seasons.
1: Like, bro, it's really not funny. But seeing the security guard be like, oh, damn, when they was beating buddy up in the tunnel, made that made this the, made, made that the funniest, not funny thing all last football season. It's like that. It's like
0: that meme where it's like, y'all hear something? When something's <laughs> clearly going on, but I'm not doing nothing about it. Like, nah, sorry, buddy. You have to wait until they get tired of whooping your ass.
1: <laughs> Can I put my Buckeye hat back on? I don't like this outside world. It's cold.
0: Go ahead. You can be a Buckeye again. No, wait. You grabbed your Georgia Tech hat.
1: Go Yellow Jackets. (laughs) I can't wait to tell my kids about the triple option.
0: You're going to get to show them film when we run the triple option next year with Lincoln Keenholds, Chip Trayvon, and Evan Pryor. (laughs) Brian Day's offense has been cool, but the triple option is coming back next year with the West Dakota Heisman.
1: And, I mean, as soon as Corey Dennis gets promoted one time, I expect to see the triple option because, Ron, I don't know if you know, the last time Georgia Tech had a top 10 finish, they ran the triple option, and Mr. Corey Dennis was outside playing receiver for that team that only threw the ball three times a game. Shout out to him. <laughs> and they never <laughs> threw it to him. <laughs> they threw it to that big nigga, Darren Waller, put him on defense. <laughs> it's
0: like that one. It's like that one clip.
1: The big he, one over there. <laughs> the Big one over there. Put him in. <laughs> and look, and look, and look, look. I see Punk in the chat. Imagine this, Ron. 2013, 2014, Georgia Tech went back to back against Georgia, beat them twice. You never heard a Georgia Tech fan talking crazy to Georgia fans, the way we've heard Michigan fans talk crazy to Ohio State fans in the last 2 years and it's it's a similar run of dominance, very similar run. But again, though to that big nigga over there, 6 foot 7 wide receiver. He had no business playing wide receiver Ron in the ACC just so you know.
0: I mean, but did he? <laughs>
1: Hell he no. There? <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. Imagine you're a little ACC corner, a little Duke corner, and you line up, and you know they're not going to throw the ball, and his only job is to flatten you every play.
0: I mean, but that's kind of, I mean, they get that. I mean, that's kind of a south thing. Our guy George Pickens just be throwing fucking around like that, too. Shout out to the Steelers, bro. I don't know what they're teaching down there in Georgia, but
1: them wide receivers are fucking ignorant. Bro, did you see George Pickens when he was at Georgia grab a Georgia Tech corner and slam his head into a brick wall? And then after he bounced off
0: the brick wall, follow up with an uppercut—real nigga shit. Yeah, <laughs> that, that,
1: like, just, like I, I'm convinced that instead of like, like you know the the quarterbacks have the, have you know the helmets that you can the, the PA. I'm convinced that George Pickens' helmets was just lined up with NBA YoungBoy albums, and no, he was never getting any play calls. It was just NBA YoungBoy, just straight to the brain.
0: I think George Pickens is probably going to have the most fire spikes in the NFL this
1: year when he pops out with the Black Air Forces with spikes in them. <laughs> we need a Tommy E. Pickens collab. That's the flick we we didn't. Like, forget Lil Durk and Kevin Warren. I want to see Tommy E. Tommy Eichenberg and Mr. George Pickens flicked up. Bro, let
0: the Steelers draft Tommy Eichenberg with their fir- uh, first round pick next year, bro. And I will, I will be custom ironing on the name on the back of my jersey. I'll be unstitching my current Steeler jersey to get Tommy Eichenberg on the back there. So if you're out there listening, Steelers, go ahead and get my boy Tommy E. Go go ahead and do it.
1: How many mission games are you gonna watch this year? And for the chat too, how many mission games are you gonna watch? Well minimum of one for sure. <laughs> Definitely going to watch
0: one at least. But no, our guy, Ant Wright, he uh, streams uh, Michigan games on playback. So I usually pop in there when the Buckeyes aren't on. So my watching of Michigan is usually contingent on them playing before or after Ohio State. And then, and like, I'll tell you so when they play Georgia in the playoffs, it's like I'm not watching this game. Like, if they could possibly win, like, I will be. Sick to my stomach. And then when I heard that they were getting their ass whooped and it was already the game was already over, I ran downstairs. I put a bag of popcorn in the microwave and I was in front of the couch with my feet up. So if I get a call that it's a close Michigan game, I am there with my feet up watching every second. So it's all situational for me. I'll obviously watch the game. I will catch the Michigan State game because that one is in prime time. But as long as they're not playing with the Buckeyes, I normally pop in unless they're really doing well because I don't want to see that shit.
1: I'm going to watch all of them. I'm going to watch all of them that are on during the Ohio State game. And if it is on during the Ohio State game, I'll go back and rewatch. I'm curious, would you rather them be like dominant all year and undefeated or would you rather them like be undefeated with some like close losses or close wins? Excuse me, like, like cutting it close.
0: This is my favorite question as a Buckeye fan. Well, I try to
1: throw a remix in it, like like, like from Sierra Mist the Story type <laughs> remix.
0: I want Michigan to lose every time they put fucking shoes on. I want them to lose in practice. I want them to lose in scrimmage. Uh, like, I never want them to do good. I want them to be 0-11 coming into the game every year people are like oh i want it to be close fuck no because then if we somehow find a way to lose then they're undefeated going into the big 10 championship and talking fucking crazy i feel like people have gotten so comfortable in this rivalry whooping michigan's ass that they forgot how annoying michigan fans are and dealing with michigan fans is insufferable so anytime that i can have them humbled i will take it whether it's from the buckeyes or from someone else so me personally. I would love them to be coming into the game, uh, you know, 9-2 and this year. Like, if they can lose to Penn State, I will absolutely – Oh, you asked me, am I watching any Michigan games this year? Any Michigan-Penn State fans out there, I will be at the Michigan-Penn State game in Happy Valley this year. It's lit, huh? It's It's going to be lit because I'm partying either way. (laughs) Hey, I'm pretty sure we got a cupcake that day. I won't be too concerned about uh, the Buckeyes potentially losing, and I'm going to be with Penn State and Michigan fans. So, so I'm going to get to laugh at someone, like <laughs> someone, someone that they've been te- uh, one of the teams that's been telling me they're going to beat my team all off season is going to be there losing. So yeah, someone, that's going to be a gotta, great day for someone me. Someone's got to catch these
1: jokes, nigga. For Someone's
0: going to catch these jokes, and like I said, I, I know the loser and the winners aren't going to want to hang out after. And I'm going to drink with the losers because that's going to give me the most fun throughout the night laughing at the Big Ten team with a loss.
1: The struggle. The struggle. Asian Posh did have a good point. Nigga, they're on Peacock this year. Like I don't even know how much they're going to be on TV Michigan. Every game? Well, I know. So like I, there was I, I haven't caught a checked in on it in a couple months, but there was talk that this could be the first their opening game could be the first time that they are not on TV in Ann Arbor since however long
0: it's no one wants to watch that shit man yeah, but
1: not happen not on tv in ann arbor is crazy i hope they get it figured out <laughs> i don't i hope no one watches that bullshit or has to <laughs> just like the, the playing on cock line is crazy like no pause like they're playing on cock. you know just I like that. vibes, just vibes.
0: Just imagine the staffer that's texting out every recruit the shared Peacock login that they gave Jim Harbaugh so the recruits can see them play week one. (laughs) You think that'd be the
1: great, that'd be a great violation to get suspended for. What'd you do? Well, we gave everybody the shared login for for the cock account. (laughs) Breaking news, Michigan sharing cock with recruits. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely a headline. I do not I do not co-sign that message. We're trying to get fired. Here, here on Best Man Media, we do not believe in pauses. We believe in vibes. Oh my god. Bro, get us out of here, bro. You got anything else you want to hit? No, I don't. I gotta be at work in three minutes. <laughs> so I appreciate
0: my guy, Chris Drew, for joining us today because City Boy Q is out here kissing thought he's getting sick. I know you hate doing this, but tell the people where they can find you because you're going to be live here in three hours.
1: I'll be live on the Menace's Sports Channel, and if you want to <laughs> find me outside of that, you know where to find me. I can't be putting my location out there because I, I'm worried that, uh, that someone's going to get me jumped by Steel Chambers, and I'm not trying <laughs> to do all that. The Ohio State defense is going to pull up on Chris. Oh, I, I love Steele, and Sonny, Sonny's dad just followed me on Twitter. I feel like I made it. Shout out to Underclassmen.
0: You can find place. me on OnlyFans. Yeah. Click the link in his bio. But yeah, I just appreciate everyone pulling up. We have a hundred live viewers. So if you haven't yet, smash that like button. This is record numbers for the Buckeye roast this morning. We thank you so much. We do this show every morning, 8am, the Buckeye roast here on Best Dan Media. We do a show once a week called Buckeye BS every Sunday at 10pm with our guys, Mike and Cam and Q when he's actually here. So thank you all for pulling up. We will see you tomorrow. And fingers crossed that Ryan Day does not embarrass me in the press conference today. (laughs) Thank you guys for pulling up. Have a good one.